0: The Owner's Box is part of the In The Money Podcast Network.
1: You can always log on to InTheMoneyPodcast.com where you can follow along. You can subscribe to the free newsletter. And not only do you have The Owner's Box, but also shows such as The Players Podcast, JK Plus One, The Matt Bernier Show, Red Board Rewind, Nick Luck Daily, Talk Racing to Me, In the Ring with Acacia Courtney, and Off Track with Maggie. So lots of great things to listen to. Just head over to InTheMoneyPodcast.com.
0: Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, is Michelle Yu, who, I, you know, we were just talking a little bit before we started, and you sound great today. Thank you. I mean, you sound like you have energy. You sound not nasally and sick. I, I know there's been sickness running around. But you sound great. I,
1: luckily, I have not gotten the sick. I still haven't completely like shaken my lingering bronchial issues, but right. uh, I certainly haven't gotten like the sick that everyone's gotten.
0: Well, that's good. And you, but you said your your back hurts.
1: Yeah, it's like three weeks ago, Spencer jumped on my back when I was like laying on my belly on the floor, um, playing, and I wasn't prepared for it. And, right. I hate
0: when that happens.
1: Yeah. So like since then my whole left side has been bad like
0: now are you gonna see, see someone about that are you gonna do, yeah, go to I went a chiropractor doctor
1: she wants me to have an MRI oh so I had to make an appointment and of course like I don't I don't know if the last time you had an MRI but apparently oh. there's was a huge weight so I'm like February 1st no you been. know what you gotta yeah. do and I you to gotta the find it on the 12th
0: no I got a place you go to these places that take cash you pay <laughs> cash I'm not kidding. You don't go through insurance with these things because it's they're really there's places that do it. You pay like three hundred cash, you get your results in like two days. It's phenomenal, and then you All submit right. it to then your you doctor. Need to,
1: you need to send that. To
0: I'm gonna. Me, I, so I, I, I gotta can... go look and figure out what I did okay. when I had an MRI on my my knee. I have a torn meniscus. Still. Well, I don't think it's untorn. It's probably like two.
1: I'm sorry, you did not get it repaired.
0: No, I never got it repaired. Actually, I I didn't do anything. Once I knew I had a torn meniscus, I just felt better about it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Now I know why my knee hurts. Okay. I never had a knee. I was a shoulder guy. I
1: just want to know, right? I want to know, like, if it's just a strain or if it's a nerve or if it's broken. But there's no cure for anything, right? I just want to know what it is so I know, like, how to take care of it.
0: Right. Well, you know what? Our at Own a Horse is our Twitter feed. And if any of you have suggestions for Michelle, just just put it on there. We really appreciate it. I'm sure no one really wants to listen to this. We have a great guest today. It's Maggie Moss. Uh, very rarely do Michelle and I go back to the well. But I happen to be texting with Maggie this morning. And we had a late cancel. And uh, I said, hey, do you want to come on the show? And she was like, absolutely. So uh, Maggie has been on before. She was a terrific guest like maybe like five years ago. Um, Big owner, has a lot of opinions, very, very smart. And uh, so we're excited to get to talk to uh, Maggie Moss, and that will come up in just a couple minutes after we do. That's when you're supposed to say three three things of note. What, what? Can we try that again? So let's take two. Uh, we're going to get to Maggie Moss in a second. But first, before we do, ba-ba-da-ba.
1: Three things of note. <laughs> Is that better?
0: So ridiculous. Yeah, Wait. what do we got going on? There's some big news. Big news in the world of horse racing.
1: Yes. Well, I'll be honest with you, it's not like the busiest news week ever, even though no. you gave it a lot of hype right there, but there's some important news, is that good enough? That's
0: super fair, I. that's okay. super fair, Um. yeah, I, uh, I have to admit, there are days, I, I, I can make myself busy, and I'm trying to work out, and do good things, but I. this, this three day week racing in Southern California kills me sometimes.
2: Yeah,
0: uh, I mean. Anyway, you know. but there's probably some good news on that front.
1: Yes. So, uh, if we all remember, four years back when we had, you know, our Bad terrible news. time at Santa Anita, um, subsequently we have made leaps and bounds towards having an extremely safe racing product. And as we closed out 2022, it was official: there were no main track racing fatalities at Santa Anita. <laughs> big claps! Big claps!
0: Big claps! Standing um, ovation.
1: I'll just tag on to that. There was also not a single fatality in a race during either of the 2022 Del Mar meets. There were two fatalities during fall racing, but they were sudden death, so not an injury. Um, right. So I think that that is...
0: And kudos to all the people uh, behind the scenes who have worked on that, made our hopefully our uh, product a safer place for these amazing animals. Um, that's the number one agenda item always is a safe environment and a kudos to all the people at Santa Anita, Del Mar and all the Southern California tracks.
1: Yay. Um, Okay, so thing of note number two is that Flightline was honored at the World Horse Racing Awards as the Longines' best horse in the world, or world's best racehorse, they call it, excuse me. Um, That award was presented in London this last week, and he was ranked the highest, 140 pounds. He was five pounds higher than Baid, who we watched uh this this year mm-hmm. over in the uk so the fact that they gave it to an american horse over a local who was as sparkling as bayid was i think is a big achievement and the number was the highest given to any racehorse since north american trained horses first appeared on the world rankings table in 1995 per the blood horse
0: congratulations to all of the owners uh the heronis racing west point uh summer i believe it is
1: mm-hmm. yes and so not so. flight lines trainer john sadler went to london so did jane lyon who was the breeder she's Summerwind. Yep. uh terry finley of west point yep. bill farish of woodford racing and stephanie Haronis all went out
0: all right I'm, i have a hot take for you okay i'm tired of flight line hype <laughs> why is that funny I'm just kind of like every time, like, I listen, I'm readily admitting, and I'm definitely cutting down on social media because I just can't, I can't do it. I can't take it. The only thing I like watching is Michelle's videos on TikTok. Um, I'm surprised you haven't do the F. Mary Kill uh, NFL quarterback one.
1: I didn't even see that one, but I'm going to do it now. Yeah,
0: I want to see you do that. Um, Okay. The uh, I just like every time I'm on Twitter, there's like 13 straight things about Flightline, and I'm just like, oh. okay, Flightline is now retired, right? Uh, let's move on, people. Wait, can
1: I just? I love my favorite tweet about it though, was like Ed DeRosa, who's very hot or cold. If you like him, you like him, if you don't, you don't. Um, but his line was like, Flightline, uh, a horse that we'll never see again in a lifetime. Also, only two hundred thousand to breed the flight line to get the next flight line.
0: <laughs> right. Like it's wild. It's so, I love when you snort. Uh, all right, that was point number two, Michelle, with flight line, which uh just tired of talking about. But what's point number three?
1: Point number three is that we had our first full from Moforza, who is owned by our good friend Anof. Yeah, Pagoraro. OP OP Yep, yeah, so uh, we were so happy. Who's to we?
0: That. We, me and you. Oh, me and you. We yeah. we bred a horse together. Happy.
1: No, we are so happy.
0: Oh, of course we're so happy. But oh, so he had a foal, but you don't he. own that. You don't no. own that horse. No, okay, I was I, confused. No, Sorry, I dang. Have... I Sorry. call that a dangling modifier.
1: Okay, the the first Moforza was a cow bred filly. There you go. I do not know who owns her, although I'm sure it was in an article somewhere. Full but I just
0: patrol.
1: She was super cute. Also, Independence Hall had his first full. It's the cult. But I was just excited about Marforza because we love Enofrio.
0: We do love Enofrio. And we also love Maggie Moss. And during this, when we take a break right now, Michelle, I have to send you a I'm going to actually do it. You can look right now. I'm going to send you a <laughs> picture. I r- rarely do this. But I'm going to send you a picture of a horse, and I just texted it to you. Can you pull okay. that up? And just, I just want your honest opinion. This is a newly turned two year old.
1: Oh, he's handsome. Okay.
0: Well, it's a girl.
1: It's a girl. Yeah, I can see that once you look at her face, she's very girly.
0: Right. But she's very
1: she... big, like she's big bodied and yeah. like good boned.
0: Isn't she beautiful? If I have to
1: pick her apart, the only thing I'd say is I I like a little higher hip. She has like more of a quarter horsey hip, but well, she's beautiful.
0: She is bred for the grass. She's by kittens joy. And uh, she's a two year old filly. Her name is Poppy's Joy. And, oh, uh,
1: I love that name. Yeah,
0: she was named from one of our investors' uh, father. Um, and uh, I'm really excited about it. I love when you get a picture like this and you're like, you could just see it. Like, you can see.
1: Look how healthy he is. God, she is. Looks looks Gosh, yeah, she looks healthy. She looks awesome.
0: Good. I'm very excited. She's at Nile uh, Brennan's farm in Florida. And you know what? We're just talking about, you know, three days a week. I might just go to Florida next week. There just, you go.
1: Like, I'm into Pegasus.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to go to the Pegasus. I don't want to go not. to Pegasus. No. I'm going to
1: be there. Going to Pegasus. You are? I'm going to Pegasus. In fact, the Pegasus field is out. They keep like kind of updating it as we go. So they've got their field kind of set right now.
0: Maybe I'll go with you.
1: There you go. Where
0: are you staying? Um, D- don't tell Marriott. Don't tell Ryan. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of us uh, being obnoxious. And uh, we're going to get Maggie Moss on the line right after this.
1: The Owner's Box is brought to you in part by Santa Anita Park. We are proud to be partnered with The Great Race Place for their 2023 Classic Meet. Santa Anita's Pick 5 pools have averaged over a million dollars thus far during the Classic Meet and you can't miss out on racing every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and an occasional Monday. First post is now at 12.30 p.m. Pacific Time. Every Saturday and Sunday we also have a five race Pick 5, obviously, um, from Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park. We call it the Coast to Coast Pick 5. It's a dollar minimum and a player-friendly 15% takeout. Additionally, every weekend, we have the $18,000 Santa Anita Pick'em Contest, which is an online contest that makes sports props from football, basketball, and of course, horse racing. And There's also $500 in prize money to the top winner every day. And finally, you can get involved in the $7,500 Show Viver Contest. It is free to play. You just get one horse a day to compete for the prize money across six different categories. Again, that is free to play. And you just have to head over to santanita.com forward slash contests.
0: All right, back here on the Owner's Box with a very special guest, Maggie Moss, who has been on the show before but agreed to come on again. I think it was like, how long ago was that, Maggie? Like five years ago? (laughs)
2: Oh, Billy, don't age me But the fact I'm back again is a really good thing It makes me really happy
0: I'm going to tell you something And I think Michelle knows this We haven't had many two-time guests I mean, I think it's
2: I think Paul Paul
1: Redham is like our only other 2 No,
0: no, (laughs) we had Costa Ronis. We had, um, I think, was Bill Strauss on twice? Uh, I think he might have been I
1: only remember Costa and Redham
0: and then we had wait. I think there was one of the. All right. Well, anyway, it is a very. It's you're like the Steve Martin Saturday course. Night Live of of the owners I, box.
2: I can't tell you how happy it makes me to be in that esteemed company. I am honored. I may not belong, but I'll be happy and fun <laughs> for you.
0: Now before before we get started, and I have a bunch of questions for you. But where are you right now? Because. I already commented before you hopped on that Michelle is in this great mood today. Maybe it's because the rain is gone. But Maggie, where are you right now? You sound terrific. You sound healthy.
2: I I got to tell you, I'm in paradise. Literally in paradise. I am happy every day because I'm sitting by my pool and patio in Paradise Valley, Arizona. Ooh! Oh. It's it seventy and sunny and. There's no way you can ever be in a bad mood, even if the horses run bad. You just smile because it's so beautiful here. Love the mountains.
0: So give us a day in the life of Maggie Moss. Like, wake up, have a cup of coffee, do your wordle, take a walk, You know, and then look at the horses. What what, what does the day look like?
2: Well, it's a little different in Arizona than Iowa because in (laughs) Iowa, you're in the house all day, so you do nothing but work. You do nothing but answer emails, run PPs, run rag numbers, look at the horses, and you just work. But in Arizona, you want to be outside. So a day in the life is doing work from about 8 to about 11 and talking to people (laughs) like you. And And then you take the crazy Jack Russell for a long walk or hike. Beautiful. And then you come and have a nice lunch, and then you watch racing, and then you go out again and take the crazy Jack Russell for another long walk. And then you eat at one of the fabulous places around here. You, you can't, I, I meet many people here from the Midwest who are always smiling and they're always happy. It is the greatest environment. People are happy here.
0: Yeah, I love that. Maggie Moss joining us here on the Owner's Box. When you say you work, uh, we, I think we talked about this when we had you on the show, but tell us, you know, people listen to the show, they get a lot of different um, theories on, you know, racing management and, and what do people do, and as an owner who's very involved, take us a little bit about, you know, what you're doing when you say, I'm looking through PPs, I'm looking at the spots, I'm reading a condition book, I'm talking to trainers. Is that pretty much it, or what are you doing?
2: Well, I kind of compare it to, like, surgery, um literally because i'm really hands-on really anal um i look at i read articles i look at charts every night i look at the racing form, all the tracks every day i follow patterns i take my own horses i look at uh replays um i'm changed a little bit buying young horses so i work on that i still claim horses it is a lot of work i mean i don't i don't have a manager i am the manager and i'm very anal about their health their welfare um horses that are turned out so it's it's kind of like 14 different things you do and i try and stay really on top of uh the industry i read a lot of articles i it's it's um it's harder than being a lawyer, Billy.
0: It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. You know what? But it's much more fun and much more rewarding, I can only imagine. But, you know, in saying that and how hands-on you are, that means – and correct me if I'm wrong. You have to have a specific kind of trainer also that will quote-unquote – Allow you to do that is that is that fair to say? People like Cherie Devoe, who I know you have a great relationship with, we own a horse together. People like Tom Amos, who I've worked with as well. Am I am I saying anything off putting there?
2: Well, Billy, you know my saying from my last interview, okay, and I repeat it. Yes, finding a trainer that works for my system is much much harder than finding a good man. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. And why yeah, is that? Well, I think that I am not proud of being at a lot of jurisdictions over a, a long span. I'm not proud that I've been through a lot of trainers. I mean, I don't voice. I mean, that's nothing good. But um, I was just on the, a call with the uh, Harlan, who owns the Cheryl, the Stallion, in Florida, sure.
0: mm-hmm.
2: And we we were just talking about that exact same thing. Of finding what fits, and it was interesting because I said, "Well, it may sound strange, but first you got to really like the person. You just got to get along and like the person." I mean, Tom Amos and I talk about everything under the sun except for horses every single morning, and you got you got to like the person. Secondly, you really have to have someone that fits your philosophy, um, which is welfare and what's in the best interest of the horse. And thirdly, someone that's on the same page as to what you own. I mean, you have to have someone that can communicate with you, what type of horse do you own? Because they come many speeds, many colors, many, you know, barriers. So somebody that can really accurately depict a horse, because we all see, sadly, horses that might run 15, 20 times get beat 15 lengths. And, you know, you all want to win. We all want to win. But we have to do right by the horse and have someone tell us to be own, so we can put them in the right spot.
0: Exactly. And that's harder for some people to do. And obviously, when you have that relationship with your trainer, we say it all the time. Michelle and I talk about it on a weekly basis when we bring up um, you know, picking the trainer. you got to have someone that you, you trust and that you have a relationship with. Otherwise, you just don't want to even talk to that person.
2: Well, I hate to say this, but it's really true in the world we live in and in life today, which as you know in racing and the world has changed. We gotta we gotta put the ass back in fun, Billy. We yep. gotta have fun. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. And I I for many years just I'm not saying it wasn't fun, but it was stressful. It was a lot of work. I realized I had too many horses, I wasn't having fun. So I'm really trying to be successful and have fun, which is not easy. But yes, who you pick um, from—you know—people want to go to mega trainers, fine. People want to go to trainers with dubious reputations, fine. For me, it's honesty, integrity. It's easy, and um, it's take—it takes a lot of work. I mean, you got to go through a lot of what is that? Got to kiss a lot of frogs before you find a prince.
0: yes 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 yes. yeah and that was michelle's kid screaming in the background i have one more one more follow-up question to that maggie where was the point when you kind of got introspective and and said you know what this isn't this isn't fun anymore this is just all work all business too much stress like how did that how did it change was there was there um, an instance was there a moment was there something
2: Yeah, just when the industry changed, Billy, and it did change on all of us, as you know. In other words, what does that mean? It means that at one time, uh, claiming horses was easy. There weren't many people doing it. Um, You could get a healthy product. I think that's changed. That Mm. became much harder. Um, People started spending a lot more money than I was comfortable with. I've always said, I don't care how much money you have, you know, I'd rather own real estate or have cash than throw it away. So the whole sport sort of changed when money became much more inflation, the cost of things. So I think as a businesswoman trying to make it work with what was happening in the industry wasn't much fun. And it wasn't about losing money, it just became philosophically different than what I wanted to do.
0: Gotcha. Michelle, I know you have a question.
2: I do. Um, Kind of as we're going in here, I want
1: to step back just a quick second. When you're talking about how hard it is to find a trainer, is it just as hard for you to find partners that have the same outlook?
2: You know, that's a great question, Michelle. I never had partners until Billy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That was not a setup. I don't even think Michelle knew that.
2: No, I didn't. No, I loved just being a single practitioner. I had total control over—not um, that I'm a control freak, but but horses' welfare and what happens vet bills. So up until two years ago, I never had partners. And I um, Billy, I think, was my first partner. Actually, he is my partner. That's and amazing. I love that. And well, we have fun.
0: My- it's well, exactly what you were talking was, about.
2: Was David David and Gordo who I was so lucky to find. I mean, he found me, I found him and we just had long talks and so that changed because now we're buying young horses with partners, but all the partners are phenomenal. When Billy wanted to become a partner, <laughs> Billy doesn't know this. Oh god. David said, "Ah, we really don't need a partner. It's a relationship." <laughs> and 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 he said, you know, we're fine, you and me. And I said, no, I want Billy. I want Billy. (laughs) And um, it's been a blast. I mean, that's what I mean. Partners are great if they're people um, that share your philosophy and, um, you know, everything. I mean, we've never had – everything is fun. Billy makes it fun. I'm not just saying that because he was my first partner, (laughs) much to my other partner's resistance. But – You know, that type of group that he's in is the type of partner you want because they do everything. I'm not blowing smoke. They do everything right. Thank you. Some people you don't don't want. And that's what I mean by reading and learning. There's some great people in racing that want to have fun, and and those are the people, you know, I've partnered with. Uh, David and Cherie, David and Gordo, David uh, Cherie. I mean, they're just great horse people and great fun. People you want to go to dinner with. Sure. There you go.
0: Yep. That's what my dad always um, said. Go with people you want to have dinner with.
1: When yep. you're when you're sitting at home and you're watching all the races, are you a simulcast person, an RTN person, or a FanDuel person?
2: Oh, I'm going to answer that really truthfully because I am a very honest person. Um, I have RTN. I only watch the feeds. I don't watch anything else. I don't watch um, whatever's out there. I yeah. don't watch... Uh, I, I, and it's not because there's anything other than great about that. But I really, Michelle, I mean, I just watched a filly of mine, first time starter at Gulfstream. I want to see her coming into the paddock. Right. I want to see how she she's yep. in the paddock. I can learn so much from just watching the feed. So I only watch our I – I am the only person in my community that has a satellite dish. <laughs> <laughs> so then,
1: Maggie, do you think one of the futures of racing should be kind of what we've seen – Briefly on big race days from like NBC, where it's sole horse access, like you can log on to your own stream and you have a camera following your horse the whole time.
2: Yes, I'm not, um, you know, I'm not trying to, yes, Michelle, I do. I, I, um, I think the individual story, the individual horses, is negated in this industry because there's so many great stories. So, yes, I don't, I don't think. We ever talk or show um, about the horses or, um, well, the horse that won the Breeders' Cup. I mean, that's worth a million dollars in
0: right.
2: interest and in everything we want. And those stories are out there, but we're not telling them, Michelle. Well, then, Maggie,
1: can you tell me the story about your first time starter, golf Gulfstream? I'd like to
0: oh, yeah, know we win
1: history and how it ran.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I can. I David has taken an interest in Buchero who most yes. people don't know and who he is. I liked Buchero and Buc- I love
1: Harlan.
2: Yeah, I see, there you go. I love Buchero. I obviously, I mean, David found Flightline. I'm not lucky for Flightline, but <laughs> I'm lucky for somebody that's such an excellent horseman uh, that's a partner. And so he took a real interest in Buchero's. We bought two. One's named Lawful and one is named Both Sides. Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, I was watching Joni Mitchell's comeback, and she was singing both sides. So, uh, this filly is just got best turned out. Um, she's been a little bit of a project. She's gorgeous. This is her first start. Uh, Louis Saez wrote her. I was thrilled with her. We ran her five and a half on the Tapita. Not a Tapita fan. Uh, she got bumped hard at the gate. She spotted the field, came running, uh, got beat too late. I mean, she didn't win, but showed a lot of promise and that's why I watched the feed. She did everything that gave you know, I didn't win, but I'm really excited about her. Her that's, name is both sides.
0: What's her name? Both sides? Both, side. both sides. I both like sides. I like that. I like that.
2: Was that Jo was that Jody Mitchell?
0: You're you're gonna ask Michelle that. She Michelle know. listens to like know. One Direction. I'm
2: like a musicals person. Let's see. I can Google. <laughs> All no, right, well. I just one one day I was watching her comeback. Jody Mitchell is is really. Yes, it I is. Think it was, uh, there you go. And I was Rose watching and flows her of angel
1: and, hair, and ice cream
2: castles in the air. Yes, yes. And so I immediately took the name both sides.
0: I like that. <laughs> I really do. Maggie, real quick, I want to go back to something that you were talking about and the changes in the game. And you said you read a lot of articles. An article came out, Michelle and I already talked about it, about the success at uh, Santa Anita in 2022. We're going to specifically talk about Southern California, that there were no fatalities during racing. Um, how does... How do you feel about that? I mean there I for me and Michelles we're out here there's a sense of pride that that we've kind of turned it around from where we were 4 years ago and and the track was closed and there was all this speculation about what was going on. Um what what do you say to something like that?
2: Bravo and I think that um remember Billy I before I moved to Arizona I spent a winter out at Del Mar. Yes, right? I remember. And I get California and I get uh, everything that's fabulous about it Um, there are so many people that just want to knock knock everything they want to knock California they want to knock you know if there's an unfortunate fatality somewhere then it blows up nobody anywhere is giving Santa Anita the credit that is a remarkable important um, incredible statistic and I don't care uh, what it takes to do that that would make them Um, I don't even have the adjective for how important that is, but you know, it would be different if we didn't have social media. Social media is the uh, death of all of us. If we just had, uh, if we could ever go back to the fabulous people that used to write about horse racing that gave us that instead of all the backseat drivers. That just want to knock everything, and that that makes me sad. By the way,
0: yeah, so, I, you know, it's funny. I was going to get into that with you because you do chime in on social media every once in a while. Obviously, you're extremely smart. You're a lawyer, and, and you get it. I mean, that's what's great about Maggie. She just gets it. But isn't the the social media stuff? It, I said it to Michelle on the show probably once every other week. Is just like the bane of my existence. Just seeing the negativity and the and all the stuff that comes out, and then people just instantly believe it. It's just this tangled web of deceit. What what do we do? I
2: I want to tell you something interesting. I can go back, oh gosh, eight to ten years ago when my life and 50% of it was welfare, saving horses, you know, mountaineer, climbing horses. We rescued a lot of horses that needed to be off the track. And when I say we, a lot of people that were on social media and we did great things. We can't do that anymore, Billy. Yeah. We can't do anything that's good. I, um, in the course of taking down some pretty bad people in the industry through social media, um, I'm getting the heck kicked out of me. I get um, battered. I get abused. I get bullied, which I'm not used to. The truth doesn't seem to matter anymore. I, All of society in horse racing has changed. Uh, primarily with Twitter, more than anything. Facebook isn't bad. But I can't do what I used to do. Um, I just got tired of everybody. And and the worst part, Billy, here's the worst part. They don't even have names. You know, they don't even have real names. Right. You
0: don't even really know.
2: And I'm not trying to be negative because I don't feel negative. But I can tell you the things... I used to be able to get done. I can't anymore other than quietly late at night because everybody has an opinion. Everybody wants to be negative and horse racing rescue doesn't deserve that. And social media has has heard it. It's killed it. It is the bane (laughs) of deceit. It is the, um, this truth. It is everything bad that all of us don't believe in. And I don't think there's anything we can do about it. I, I I and mean, keep in mind, Billy. At the same time, Michelle, we had brilliant, brilliant writers for newspapers and publications. They're all gone. They're all if, gone. If you have, if you have a great story, and you try and feed it, there's no one to feed it to.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Maggie Moss joining us here on the Owners Box, and I want to get off of the negativity and go back to positive And just, yes. just really, I want to. Well, I want to. I want to ask you this because we talked about um, safety issues that have kind of been now uh, improved upon. We've talked about how social media is now, all that kind of stuff. But how do we attract new owners? Where's the next Maggie Moss going to come from? And it's important for not just people who run partnerships like myself, but it's important for the game. We still – I think people forget that we need to constantly – uh, get the interest of new, not just new players, which is obviously also very important, but new owners, new people who are going to buy these horses?
2: I can kind of answer that, Billy. I, When I was 10 years old, young girls, young boys, I don't care, youngsters, younger people, I loved horses. I loved horses. Um, I loved the animals. And I rode. And there are many, many people that love horses. But unfortunately, with the negativity that racing has gotten, the love of the horse and the love of, of the beauty of the racing and the sport is lost. You could get people, if we can go back and remember, there's there's nothing like owning a racehorse. I mean, it's, it's there's nothing like going to the barn. I don't have an answer. Um, I know what got me hooked. Mm-hmm. And I know um, I don't consider your partnership um, in the same phrase but the conglomerates of that are taking over conglomerates of, of 40 people owning a horse and they're 800 a million dollars yep. and I
0: was good that's, gonna, that's gonna amazing be- that you went there and I'm going to I'm just going to cut you off because my next question was we watched the sham stakes the other day and it was uh, yes. uh, three Baffert horses that were owned yes. based by the same people. They ran one, two, three, and a five-horse field. Uh, they were purchased, okay. I believe, Michelle, correct me, 850, 775, and 500 maybe, Five. I think. Yep. so. Um, and, and they ran one, two, three. And we're, we're, again, we're going back to kind of Southern California, but how do we – even compete against that it's very frustrating it's almost like unless you create a conglomerate that you called it or some kind of crazy partnership where you go out and compete you just can't there it's impossible to compete and you're competing with one of the best trainers in the history of horse racing that can train their horses harder than anybody else and he's got an army and they're all owned by the same people like what what i don't think that's good for racing
2: Well, but then you just answered your own question, which is a question that's really important. The individuals um, that are participating at the sales or racing that go in with $20 million or $10 million Mm -hmm. and have 20 people that have that type of recreational money when you start reading a form and it runs out of room for the twentieth owner. Sure. Then you'd have to, you'd have to ask this really important question. Do they care about the future of horse racing? I mean, do they care? Obviously not. To bring, to bring up something that is so intriguing to me, I'm <clears throat> I'm I am friends with some of these mega trainers and when things have happen, happened, I can sit down and go, this is not good for racism. This is right. this is not good when the valet at the Des Moines Airport goes, hey, Miss Maggie, I thought you liked your horses. Right. That is the person that happened. That really happened. Wow. At a time when all of this blew up. And I've asked some of those participants. But you don't understand. It's about all of us, not just you. It's about us. Sure. That love the sport and care, and the reaction was not good, Billy. And, yeah.
0: Well, and I um, think, and I think one of the points is, and that I've made this to Michelle, and I made this to others, is that there's a trickle down effect. Again, I hate to do this, but I'm speaking primarily about Southern California, because what what has happened over the last five years, as this one particular conglomerate has gone, uh, has has totally, you know, decimated the racing, is that. We, other people like myself, like Michelle, uh, and and other groups, we're buying turf horses. We're buying fillies. We're buying. We're not buying. Two-turn Colts. Our dreams about winning a Kentucky Derby have been just completely, you know, crushed. We, It's almost, you know, you have no chance. and
1: always side at the very least. Yeah,
0: and, and and we we have, I'm sorry I'm getting like kind of passionate about this, but it's something that I just, I don't have the answer. And I'm thinking maybe Maggie Moss
2: I, I, has the answer. I do have it. Actually, it just came to me. There you go. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. Um, It just came to me. I raced in Southern California. Long, long a time ago, and I loved it out there. I would not come back to California with any horse, and I really respect the trainers you use and some other trainers. Sure. I always really liked, uh, for instance, Mike McCarthy.
0: Yeah, I, good trainer. I like
2: Michelle's husband. I mean, there's some great trainers out there, and I would never come back, A, because of what you described, B, because of the expenses, C, because I'm sitting in the barn. The answer, which just came to me, and it would be legally difficult because of commerce and um, fighting commerce clause. Mm-hmm. But, for instance, I'll give you a prime example of just when there's two answers, two answers. There's one's black, here's one's white. Kentucky just passed the preference rule. Yep. In, you know, the new preference rule. Well, the exact opposite. So regulators, That's- rule mm-hmm. makers regulators your people in california all regulators can say hey we're in trouble here we need to think out of the box how do we limit how do we limit this type of activity because it's hurting racing and you're going to come down to the individual track interests versus the commerce clause or restricting enterprise yep but you could start limiting that type of activity and Somebody, I mean, I know people are angry with me for being on the Heiser Advisory Board, but it was my last hope, Billy, yeah. that they were willing to do things that nobody else. I'm not in the federal government. It was a tough decision. I'm honored to be on the board with hope. And what does hope mean? The regulators aren't fixing the problem. Can Heiser? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no,
0: it's a great point. Is it, and I think where you were going with that, and it's kind of like the taboo subject, but I'll bring it up. Why not? Uh, is, is, are there stall limits, right? Can a, can a trainer yeah. back in the day when we were coming up, Maggie, and I consider myself like a way backer like you, um, you know, guys had 40 horses. That's what they were allowed. Those were their stalls. There weren't well, that
1: we're supposed to be at Santa Anita, but we've got guys working fifty-five a day, so right. But the
0: but the problem pretty- is exactly and, and Maggie, correct me if I'm wrong. The problem is, you know, free enterprise, you know, you're not gonna tell you're not gonna tell uh, uh, ex owner who he has to use as a trainer because that guy's, you know, he he can't use the guy he wants to. I think the fear is that guy will just leave the game or, you know, he'll go someplace else, right?
2: No, but what you're talking about is egocentric, what's good for me, don't care about racing, don't care what the future is. That's our leaders. That's our regulators. Those are some new owners. So nobody is thinking out of the box of how do we grow? You ask the question, yep. how do we grow? Are you going to bring young people and say, look, you got a couple hundred thousand you can spend, or do you want to um, go the other route and try and have fun um, the middle class is gone. That's the biggest problem. The middle class has disappeared. You've got, you know, the lowest of low and the highest of high. Right. And just like society, you don't have the middle class being passionate. Thanks, Billy. But people like you get it. And the only thing that's going to fix it is limitations. So when you read rules that are being passed by regulators, that was just done in Kentucky, you just put your hand to your head and go, oh my God, are you kidding me? Right. Do you not care about <laughs> the smaller barns or the smaller trainers? Yeah. Again, I've gotten a lot of grief joining up with HISA, but I'd love anyone to tell me what else is the answer because nothing else is working right now. It's not working.
0: What do you not see? Working. I think a lot of people, and especially, look, I, I've i read numerous articles about HISA, but can you kind of encapsulate just what Heisa's role you believe will be in the next two or three years in horse racing?
2: Well, number one, medication in a fair playing field, number one. Uh, they have not done a great job uh, showing uh, that there's been, unfortunately, a lot of hysteria over the rules that's not correct. The real medication rules and integrity rules that won't go in effect for a couple months. Can I can I Maybe. stop you
0: right there, Maggie? Can I stop you for yep. one qu- quick second? One mm-hmm. of the things that, that still kind of bugs me is that we still have different rules in different places. Why is that?
2: Okay. Well, as you know, everybody, we have lots of regulators and different rules in different places and many men running, men, I shouldn't say that, but it's true, <laughs> men running, um, that all have their own individual rules and they're all different. And why do we have that? We've had it forever, Billy.
0: Right, but I mean, what I'm would, saying would, is, yeah, but I'm saying, isn't that one of the things, is that not one of the things that HISA is supposed to do? I have, I'm, I'm asking. I'm not setting you up on a silver platter here. I don't know yeah, the answer to yeah.
2: that. That is what was supposed to happen and I'll put it another way and even more bluntly. In dealing with regulators or commissions, people they get paid a lot of money, that. Work less hours than we do. That don't study racing like we do. A lot of people maybe don't understand racing um, or take the time. They just pass all these rules that make no sense. And that deals with contaminations. That deals with different drug rules. That sure. deals with med testing. Heise's entire idea was to have uniform, fair medication rules across the board, state to state, for everybody. It meted out the real abusers and cheaters but did not say gotcha on those that had accidental medications. What happened is because it rushed out so fast, they started nitpicking a little bit with all the other rules that people were angry about. Uh, the HDPA started the lawsuit. They out-legally maneuvered them. It stopped uh, what was supposed to happen, and that's still a work in action. But to answer your question, yes, yeah, hyzer was supposed to be uniform fair decent medication rules for each and every one of us from coast to coast that ironically was supposed to not worry about the therapeutic medications and the contamination and start meeting out the people that really harm and don't have a fair playing field yep that was the objective
0: okay
2: that's the objective of Uh, HISA. it's just yeah didn't go well. It didn't go well. Though. Right. So, so we're,
0: do you know what the plan is moving forward to kind of correct that?
2: Yes, I do actually. Um, the uh, The government now has to have more oversight. Those plans going forward are going to take about two months. They're looking at rolling it out in March. Everybody would love to see HISA and HBPA start working together so everybody's on the same plate. There's not even the same table right now to get unity between everybody for what we all want. Will that happen? There's a lot of legal challenges. We have to jump through the hoops because everybody, interestingly, I'll tell you what's the most interesting. After Navarro and service, everybody screamed. Everybody was screaming for a fair playing field and fix it. And then Heise came along and now everybody I guess doesn't want it. They just want to go back to how we used to do it. Hmm. Social media uh, dysfunction, misinformation, miscommunication. I am optimistic um, that maybe if it could be rolled out by mid-March and the real rules that everyone will agree to, uh, there's hope Billy. Just hope.
0: Well that's all we need and that's what this I mean that's what this whole game is based on is hope uh, whether it's your horses or now this because there are people who have made their lives like myself michelle you um and how much we enjoy it and i think sometimes it just gets taken away when you read about all this stuff and how nobody can get on the same page it i people ask me about it who are not in racing that i have friends uh i know that might be surprising but they um <laughs> they say you how know
1: you have I, that aren't in I know on, i
0: right. do have friends that aren't in racing and and it's it's interesting because i always say to them like if it'd be like a baseball game where if you played in los angeles you you used gloves and but if you played the same teams in new york you didn't and used a different ball like it's not the same game everywhere and that's what that's what bothers me like it
2: you just answered one interestingly billy you just answered your own question every question you've asked has been exceptional i wish everybody else Nail it as quickly as you and Michelle, but I will tell you it's all a no brainer, it's not hard, right? It's not difficult. Why did I cut back? Why did I start to lose interest? Why um, can we not attract new fans? Everything you ask me is because of exactly what you're talking about.
0: That's the crazy thing, it just seems so simple. If we can get that, maybe we make Maggie Commissioner, Michelle. We need a commissioner, people are saying. Right. <laughs> Maggie for commissioner. I'm starting that. I'm starting that. Maggie Moss. I'll be your you, vice you know chairman, what? vice president. I
2: she job, but she should have it. I'm not that smart, trust me. Yes, but you this are. Is not, this is not rocket science. None of this is rocket science. This is all so easy. So, therefore, when I read these articles that continue to want to prosper to what's hurting racing... I I believe, literally I d I don't drink, but I wanna drink. I mean I I I, I, I just it's don't dry know. January. I know exactly how you feel. Michelle's
0: dying right yeah. now, Maggie.
2: Yeah, well I I just hey, I'm in Arizona, I don't have to drink anymore. But anyway, I I just um Billy, I, it takes people like you and Michelle. It takes people that love horses and love racing to keep pushing. Keep asking the questions you're asking. You should be at National Friggin' Podcast. <laughs> I mean, you should go national because every. I'm not blowing smoke. Everything you've said, and more importantly, your all passion, is what we need. So we just have to keep talking. We've got well, to keep talking and keep pushing.
0: Absolutely. Let's keep talking. We took you for long, way longer than I had promised, but we couldn't stop. Maggie, we need people like you in the sport, and we're, we're very fortunate to have you. And obviously, continued success. And we appreciate all the kind words. And we're, I think you might be our first three time guest. So be prepared okay, later I, on in the year.
2: Here's, here, here's a more important question. Thank you so much. I really, I mean, talking to people like you does give me uh, a little bit of ambition and hope. I, I will tell you something and I'll let you go. On December 1st, and don't start getting emotional, December 1st was my birthday. I'm sitting in my house, as usual, alone, and I'm thinking, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this. I can't do this welfare. I can't do racing. I've got to get a life. And I get a call from Tori Gladwell. Yep. And she says, I just want you to know you've been awarded the DuPont... Award from the Thoroughbred Charities of America for what you do for racing, and I just started started crying. I'm not telling you that story because I'm boasting. I started crying, yeah, and I looked up at the skies and I said, "Damn it, God! I was just gonna get out."
0: (laughs) You were, you were the Godfather. They keep bringing me back in,
2: (laughs) and that's that's, I, I wasn't saying that to boast. I just came back from Lexington. It was an amazing honor, but it motivated me, Billy, and we all need that push. Maybe... Well. Yeah. anything just talking to you all motivated.
0: well we're we're here for it and and if there's anything that comes up that you want to talk about let us know we'll get you back on we, even if we don't do a full segment if we have you on for five minutes if there's something that's really important that we need to get the word out please let us know we appreciate okay, everything so you if do I,
2: if I if I catch that plane and fly 40 minutes out to you all you all will go to dinner with me
0: absolutely
2: 100 yeah, <laughs> percent
0: anytime you want name the date we'll, we'll I'll, I'll buy I'll buy you fly. Aren't
2: you, like 30, aren't you at like 30 minutes from me now? Yes.
0: In Arizona? Yeah, you're like an hour flight. It's
1: 40
2: minutes. 40-minute flight
1: into Burbank, yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We'll get well, you out here.
2: Stay tuned. Stay, <laughs> stay tuned. Stay Thanks, tuned.
0: Guys. All right. Maggie Moss here in the owner's box. Thank you, Maggie. Talk to
2: you all. Bye-bye. Bye, Maggie.
0: So, I mean, Michelle, how many people have we spoken to for 37 minutes? And I felt like we could have kept talking.
1: I, I want to say this, Billy. I was just listening to her, but your questions she was right. You were spot on. Your questions were
0: fantastic. Oh, you guys are too much. I'm getting a big head. You can't say that stuff. I appreciate it's it. but here, Well, just, here's the thing.
1: Making sure it doesn't implode.
0: Here, here's the thing. Um, here's my soapbox for the day. When you have someone like Maggie that has the experience, she has the smart, she's been in every facet of the game, she has a legal mind as well, um, so sure. She she can answer these questions. It's 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 a it's more of a compliment to her that I can even ask those questions. You know what I'm saying? That there's there was never offense taken. There was no defensiveness. That all that kind of stuff. When you have a conversation, you want the person to be able to to talk freely. And I think that's what Maggie does. She's really not scared. I think that's no. social. That's sad a, the, about the social media. But it's so true. Like even for me. I mean, Michelle, you're great on social media. You show your pictures of your of your pics, and you do your TikToks, and you that's your brand. That's the Michelle you brand. You're not going on there being controversial being negative saying what a lousy ride by so-and-so and And i think but i think it's very difficult to even i get i don't even like to tweet anything you know unless it's like a picture of a winning horse or something just because (laughs) i don't even i don't need the backlash i don't need the oh why are you using this trainer or why are you doing this you're you're just like the rest i it's just not it's just not worth it it's it's kind of a um quality of life issue to me (laughs) You know what I mean? Like honestly, like this morning I got a cup of coffee at my favorite little bagel shop. Uh shout out to East Coast bagels in, in Woodland Hills. Uh and uh I was just kinda sitting there kind of scrolling. You didn't,
1: you didn't get a bagel, you just got a coffee. No, I got
0: a bagel too. Oh, okay. It's it's not part of my diet, but um don't tell anybody. Uh but I but I um I was sitting there and I literally said to myself, I said I think I might be done with a lot of the stuff. I, if I could just do TikTok and have just look at Michelle use TikTok and, <laughs> you know, so stuff of you know, <laughs> like it would be like it's so much more entertaining. I don't really need it. I don't need the other stuff. I don't need the negativity. I don't need the blasting people. But there are so many questions that need to be answered, and especially here in Southern California on how we fix this sport. And I don't even know, to be honest with you, Michelle, if you can call it a sport. I've said I brought this thing up to Maggie. And I don't even know if you and I have ever talked about it. But the the issue of competition out here is so it there's it's a landslide, right? You have a group and a guy that's that's spending more money, has an army, and it's non-competitive. That sham stakes the other day was a joke. Yeah. I mean, I remember back in the day when, when we'd have these these big fields and all these three-year-olds and all these big trainers and all, you know, and you didn't, you just didn't go to the, it wasn't even fun to watch. Put it that way. And we talked a lot about fun on this show. Um, I'm finding myself not um, gambling as much, not wanting to even look at the forum Like, it's just not, you know, you and I talk all the time about it. And sometimes I don't even, I go out to the track without knowing even who's running, which is crazy for me. Now. It could be this whole rainstorm recently, just missing days, and I think I'm in a little, maybe in a little funk. And maybe it'll come out of it this weekend, but I don't, I don't know what to do. End of soapbox.
1: Oh <laughs> well, I mean, do you have any advice? I feel you, I feel you, because we're in the same boat, right? Any, time you, and now that you know they're spreading out, instead of it's, it's not just two turn boy dirt horses, all of a sudden they're popping up in every race, and it makes it really hard.
0: Okay. Special thanks to Maggie Moss, who came on the show today and talked way much, way longer than I told her. And uh,
1: Billy Posh coming in for, with a nice clutch play.
0: That's all right. I knew when I was texting her this morning, I'm like, God, she'd be great. So, um, she was great. And uh, special thanks to Santa Anita, and uh, who who sponsors this show. And special thanks to all our listeners who put up with us. And I'm sure they loved hearing about your back. We wish you all the best, Michelle. <laughs> get well soon with this terrible back well, injury. We don't know what it is. I'm looking forward to your TikTok of uh, F Mary Kill on quarterbacks. Oh yeah,
1: quarterbacks. I'm do that. Oh wait, did did you have a big winner?
0: With Maggie, but it was with weeks Maggie? ago. Yeah, 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 weeks ago. It was on. It was on. It was on January first. Uh, we had a Philly win by 16 lengths. Yeah. Her name is Mercy Warren. That's our partnership so with had Maggie. She
1: 16, and then she's going to win the Kentucky Oaks. No, but I, I'm going
0: to tell you a funny story that I didn't say in front of Maggie, but I think Maggie wanted to run her for a tag.
1: Well, you know, was it a Gulfstream?
0: No, it was at uh, Fairgrounds.
1: Oh, okay. Because that's like a Gulfstream thing, right? The Maiden 16s. How many Maiden 16s have you bought that have ended up being Greatest stakes winners, Billy?
0: Not many. Have fault, I,
1: like... for sure.
0: Oh, fault. Did she win for Maiden 16?
1: I don't know. She ran for Maiden 16. I don't know if she won for Maiden 16. <laughs> but she ran I think for we had a couple
0: 16. horses. You know who else was um, like that? I, I don't know if she ran for a tag, but she was toiling around Pennsylvania was Mirth. Yes mirth was a good funny
1: Mark Martinez he must like pour over the Gulfstream. oh he does you Street. know what that's I mean, that's, where, uh, that's who we need,
0: we need to have on we need to have 16 Gulfstream. we need to have Mark Martinez back on and do a Maggie yes. Moss because he he was on also it, like six years ago and uh mm-hmm. it's good to kind of get these people back on and you know what's nice also is not having to go through their history of horse racing and how they got involved and more just talk about kind of what's going on now I like that All right.
1: Well, and Mark has been very vocal about changing a lot of stuff, so I think he'd be a good person to talk to about that. Let's do
0: it. Owners Box is part of the In the Money Media Network. Uh, You can reach us at Own a Horse at BKLRF is my Twitter handle that I dislike, Uh, and uh, at the Michelle.
1: Why don't you like it?
0: I just don't like Twitter anymore. I'm just out.
1: Oh, oh, I thought you meant you didn't like your handle. No, my I'm handle's like,
0: my fine. Handle? At PKLRF is very simple. Uh, at the Michelle U. She is a great follow. Uh, we appreciate all you listeners. Thank you very much. And uh, we'll be back next week with another great guest.